That's amazing. So then now I appreciate your like approach towards emails a lot better. Yeah, I'm trying to protect the developers. I want the developers to be in the perfect condition where they can just focus on what they're doing and not worry about all the other stuff. You know, I'll inform them what's going on afterward. You know, at the end of the week, we sort of have a debrief and say, all right, here's yeah. what's going on. And they're completely surprised that there was all this noise and churn, yeah. right? All this, you know, all this terrible stuff going on. That's like, don't worry, we handled it. You don't have to worry about it. Here's what you work on next week. Cue the uh, recording of Steve Ballmer going, developers, 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 yes! Welcome to Working Code. And now your hosts, none of whom have ever seen a failing unit test, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. Okay, here we go. It is show number 47. And on today's show, we're going to talk about how communication can just destroy your flow state. But first, as usual, we're going to start with our triumphs and fails. And Ben, it's your turn to go first, man. What's going on? And I'm going to switch it up from the last few weeks. and I'm going to kick it off with a triumph. And that is that I released something at work and it was exciting. And I, I think I've talked about this in the past that I've been very cautious about being loud about the things that I release because of the kind of political climate at work. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to pop my head up only to be reprimanded for maybe stepping outside of my purview, but I've been slowly and sort of quietly releasing things over the last few weeks and nothing bad has happened. So I'm, I'm now just kind of throwing caution to the wind and I'm loudly and triumphantly releasing things in our Slack channel. And, uh, and I'm really trying to celebrate the little victories with those releases and the, and the user experience improvements, which I, I hope they bring to the customers. And I'm going back to the idea that if, if people can see me joyous and see me celebrate, then it will, it will give them permission to do the same. So wave that feature flag high. I like this. That's right. (laughs) So is this like your own roadmap you've created that you're working on? Like, I'm just going to achieve these things and this is what I want to do and I'm happy doing it. Or are these things that like the business knows are being done? Uh, you know, it's a lot yeah. of hand wavy stuff here. Yeah. There are things that I've wanted to do for a long time in the application that have never, we've never really prioritized time to do. Yep. There's stuff where I've been talking to a customer and they'll mention something like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, XYZ happened or this has been always a point of friction for us. So yeah. I, I write those things down and then I let them percolate in the back of my mind and I, and I, you know, iterate on them mentally. And then I get to a point where like, oh, I can start to see it in my head. Now I want to put it into the application. And, you know, I'm, I'm picking things that feel like they're meaty enough to have a substantial yeah. value add for the customer, but not so large in scope that. I don't feel like I'll ever get it done on my team, which is a very, very small team inside of the, a much larger company. So it's, it's, I'm excited. But it sounds like great wins. Mm-hmm. It, it, it yeah. is great wins, but there's yeah. always, it's weird. I don't know if anyone else feels this, but every time I have some sort of victory, there's always like a little bit of a, a postpartum depression where it's like <laughs> you birthed this beautiful thing into the world. Aww. And I don't know if it's like you're coming down from the high of all that, but there's yeah. this. It's like right after you release something before you really even get any feedback, you get this, I get this little mellow where I'm, it's like, I'm almost sad that the adventure's over. My kids have left the nest. Aw. Yeah. No, no. But, I uh, get, I get panic. I get that. Yeah. Oh shoot. <laughs> is this going to work? Now it's in production. What did we not catch? Like what differed between the two environments and. Totally oh, understand oh, that feeling oh, for sure. Yeah. 
Ben, you are such I, an INFP. Right. What's an INFP? That's the, like the Myers Briggs personality type. Oh, we should uh, talk gotcha. about that one day. Introverted, intuitive, intuitive. feeling, feeling perceptive. perceptive, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. I like that. <laughs> I, I, I relate to those words. Very fitting. <laughs> and then, so the exact opposite in, in those four categories would be ESTJ, extroverted. It's just funny. I alternate between those two. Really? Yeah. I like putting on the day. I like when you all talk about, I don't know what this scale is, but sometimes you'll talk about chaotic evil and like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. neutral good. The alignment chart. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah, I like that. That's, that sounds fun. Someone, I think Adam one time referred to somebody as, as like chaotic, chaotic good. neutral. Chaotic good. Yeah. Uh-huh. I referred well, to Adam Cameron as that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much whenever I play a role playing, I'm always chaotic neutral. I just love messing stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> just for the lulls. Just for the lulls. I don't really have an agenda. Trolls. Oh, all right. Well, uh, Tim, throwing it over to you. What do you got going on this week? So I'm going to take a page out of your book, my brother. Nice. And go for a triumph. So, yeah. uh, you know, we I went to Vegas a couple weeks ago. And we had a really nice, and we spent a, a load of money at a trade show. I mean, more than we ever spent before. We had a beer garden and I mean, it was packed. People are just coming, you know, you give out free beer and people are going to show up. Um, Especially in Vegas. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's the only place you could have got beer on the, on the um, expo floor. So yeah, we were a very popular area, but I mean, at the same time, it's like we, we were engaging people. We're talking to people and just telling them what we're doing. And this, the product we really were featuring is a product that I started as a Skunk Works about three, four years ago, maybe even five, honestly. And now it, it passed hands. I, you know, I moved roles, so I didn't have it for a while. Now I have it back and uh, just generated excitement for it. Now we're getting all these RFPs, you know, re- requests for proposals of people just saying, Hey, we heard about you do this, solving a very big industry problem that's, you know, paying claims to people that, you know, maybe it's a mortgagee check. You know, sometimes you get a check. If you have a claim on your insurance, they, they send you a check and it's you and Wells Fargo, right? So how do you solve that problem? How can you do that digitally rather than just, you know, physically waiting two to three weeks while you try to figure this out? So yeah, it's been, I mean, getting tons of response from that. And just it's super exciting to really see a product that you just saw as a, you know, an idea years ago and just worked and it went through a lot of ups and downs of getting it adopted. And it was a skunk work. So really technically I shouldn't have been working on it. I built a prototype and, and showed it off and, you know, got, I didn't get in trouble for it, but it was kind of at the same time, like, well, you know, why are you working on this? Well, I'm working on this because I think this is the next big thing. And now there's huge interest in it. And it kind of reinforces the fact that I was right in my gut instinct that this is going to yep. be an industry thing going on. And it just, just, I mean, that's so exhilarating to see. At the same time, we took a long time to try to build this, right? There was, we really could have, we could have been the first, honestly, if, if, if we had done it, if I was given full resources to do it, but we weren't for political reasons and internal reasons, whatever. I mean, there's people ahead of us. So, but now we're getting these RFPs. I can act in talking to competitors and I can see where our gaps are and we're not that far off. So there's things where I'm like, all right, I didn't even realize this was a use case. And these RFPs come in and they tell you exactly what they're expecting, which is great because now I know, okay, we need to build this and we're not far off and it's not going to be hard to get there. So just super excited. I just, it just makes me energized when you can build something that solves a real world problem that affects people and you can actually fulfill it. So it's super happy about that. 
That's awesome. Yeah, nice. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. You and Ben kind of go together on your triumphs there. Yeah. Yeah, but he released the thing. You, yours, it was, my, I've been Small, working on this thing yeah. five years, man. Yeah. <laughs> five years. <laughs> that's a lot. It's been a, it's been a journey, dude. No, that's so exciting. And, and I think what it also proves, and we've harped on this a whole bunch of times, the, the whole concept of never let great be the enemy of good. Yeah. That if you, if you waste all of your mental cycles thinking about how you're going to create the perfect product, then you just, you never get there. Yeah. And, and sometimes you got to just put something together, put it out there, have people look at it so they can tell you what it is that you're missing or they can have yeah. suggestions about what would be nice to have. And then you can really iterate. And I, yeah. I've been leaning just so heavily into that the last, I want to say like year or two. And it's been really just such a huge value add for my ability to produce stuff at work. Sometimes I don't even see the solution in my head. I'll have only a vague idea of what I'm even trying to do. Like I can see the direction I want to go in. And I literally have to write code that puts data on the screen so that I can start clicking it so that yeah. I can be like, okay, <laughs> this isn't going to work. Or like I was going to have some sort of filtering here and that doesn't make any sense or it's a terrible user experience. And just by getting stuff on the screen that's junky, you can finally see what the right path forward is. And, yeah. and the, I don't know. There's, there's just so much value in the momentum of moving forward. It, you're so right. I mean, I learned so much just from talking to people and just saying, they're like, oh, does your, your pro-, I explain what the product does. And then they ask a question and I realized the question is actually a need, right? So right. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's some issue that it's like, wh- so what if you're, what if you're sending the claim? So it's a claim, but there's an attorney involved and the attorney is actually going to be the one to distribute the funds, which I didn't know was didn't think thing. about yeah didn't think about right so as soon as that comes up i was like i come back and i'm like i talk to our team and I'm like no no we can definitely do that i mean we're not doing it now but it's not it's not hard to do so it's like and then like i said the rfp like uncovers all the other wish list items that that people have that we didn't know about so it's super exciting to find that stuff find that stuff out which you don't when you're first just kind of baking an idea in by yourself you don't have that Oops. process that you were describing, Ben, about sort of iterating to find the the feature or the product when you don't really know what it is yet. I was as you were describing that, I was thinking, you know, that wouldn't really fit a TDD workflow. Yo, when you right? were saying that, I was just sure. thinking that. <laughs> like you, I think for TDD to work, you really have to know what it is that you're building up front. Yeah, you got to know your yeah. solution. I, I think when you're green greenfield, just kind of building a prototype, you don't TDD. You just you just build something and see if, see it work, and then you when you build the actual product. So all right, let's just, let's we'll put it on the list. To, we'll find a TDD expert, somebody who wants to come on and talk with us about it, and we'll we'll come back to this because that's, yeah, that's something I, I would so. love to talk about, mm-hmm. and I feel sure. like we could talk about that easily for hours. All right, so that's me, uh, Carol. What up? Yo, I'm gonna be the third triumph this week. Um, not, yeah, yeah, right. So nothing technical. No pressure on me. I am a Spartan (laughs) now. And if you know what that is, yeah, yeah. So we competed this weekend. Kick people down holes or? Yeah, hardcore, total badass. Yeah. (laughs) She didn't get the reference. Oh, I guess not. Is this a movie thing? Oh, God. It's it's a 300 movie reference. Okay. Yep. Nope. Sorry. Didn't get that. Okay. So there's this race you can do. So we did the 10K version, which is called a super. So we did the super version of it. 10K, 29 obstacles of the 29. I mean, I had some help from two guys I was with, but 23 of the obstacles I was able to complete. So two of them nice. I did the penalty for and a couple I just, I couldn't even manage the penalty. I was burnt. 
So what kind of obstacles are we talking about here? Yeah, like mud crawls, rope climbs, monkey bars, sandbag carries, lots of stuff. Barbed wire crawls. It's hard. If, if you could see me like right camp. now, you would know. Yeah, the guys I was with Oh, yeah, army. look at that bruise. And you see these bruises? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, the guys I was with are army, and they're like, you know, most of the stuff we aren't even allowed to do. <laughs> wow. So you, you yeah, mentioned yeah. penalties. What's that about? Yeah, so if you don't do it, you have to do 30 burpees. Or you have to or you have like, to don't do what lap. like the, a particular challenge? Yeah, like if you can't if you can't do the obstacle, the penalty for it to Oof. to keep going is 30 burpees or it's penalty laps. So a couple so of, the op- you- two of two of them have penalty laps in place of burpees. But if you can't, like yeah. if you're too exhausted and you can't do the burpees or the laps, then you're just done. I, I was too spent. Yeah. I was like, I give up. I'm still going to say I finished, but I totally didn't do the last two obstacles and did not do the burpees for them. <laughs> I wasn't I trying still, to call you out. I was just trying I to understand still, how it works. I still have the medal. Yeah. No, for people who compete, who are like, you know, okay. honest with themselves, they do the burpees. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. I'm I'm happy with Very it. Yeah. Cool. yeah Congratulations. Myself hard. Thank you. Thank I, you. Yeah. I, yeah. I what's the word? I lost two thousand calories just listening to it. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard. I totally napped after. I was dying. Your your commitment to your fitness is inspirational. Mm-hmm, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 I'm just I'm a slob. Gotta be. Gotta be. I got that dad bod. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like that dad bod. <laughs> All right. What about you, Adam? Can you hold it together for us and make us winners? <sighs> is it four of a kind? Oh, is it no. going to be four of a kind? No. Ring the bell. It's four triumphs. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So this week I have been writing lots of tests, still writing lots of tests. And even though I haven't been doing great at my self-commitment to try and read the TDD book, like one chapter a day, I... And I'm feeling very motivated to get back to it. So I'm just like, I'm happy. This is a good thing for me. I'm in a good place with the testing. I'm struggling, right? I feel like every time that I start to feel confident that I know, like, okay, I finally cracked the nut. I I understand how to mock anything now. I I then hit a wall and I'm stuck for like an entire day on something stupid again. And of course, I'm stuck Mm -hmm. on something again today, but writing tests and I'm getting through it and I'll figure it out. And yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that I'm pushing through, making testing part of my life. I still want to pair a program with you and watch you do it because, uh, you know, testing, I still struggle with it a lot. So a lot of people do. Well, you got time tomorrow? <laughs> sure. All right. Actually, no, I'm doing a, stre- I'm doing a stretch session all, pretty much all day. But all next right. week, I got time. All right. We'll find some time. Right. Cool. Fun. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> We're yeah, all winners and I'm so happy right now. Right? Yay. Yay. Just in the, let's Yay. just end the show right now. I mean, it's not going to be better than this. <laughs> no, stop, it. stop it. Done. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Your heart matters. That's it. That's all you get. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, fellas. All we were going to do is talk about email anyway. So, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So, all right. Here's, here's the topic thing. And this comes from not, not shame, but like I get guff from some of my coworkers. Because I, my, my style of work is I get in in the morning, I check my email, I get down to inbox zero if I can or close if I can't get all the way there. And then very probably that's the last time that I check my email during the day. Unless I like need to send an email for some reason, chances are good that that's the last time that I look at my email until the following morning. And then I will start my work and I go really deep on whatever it is that I'm working on and I get super focused and that's my day. And then, you know, somebody will send me a message in our team chat or something like that and it'll be 
totally out of context for me. I'm sitting there scratching my head for five minutes going, what the heck is this about? Why don't I understand what this person is saying? I have to scroll up and look and see if I missed something. What's going on? And it turns out that they sent me an email three hours ago and they just assumed that I had read it by now. Like, I know that there's, there's flow, right? And, and that's probably what's causing me to get in, to, to get into this rut of missing emails, but also like, I feel a little bit bad about it. E- email is just a terrible form of communication. I hate I mean, at it. least for me personally. I hate I, it. I hate it. It feels like such a chore. There, there's, I get no joy out of email at all because, you know, at this point in life, like 90% of it is spam or even if it's not spam, spam, it's like GitHub yeah. update oh, yeah. notifications or Someone all kinds of notifications or, yeah. So, yeah. And it's just, it feels like so much noise. I almost would rather be interrupted with a chat message just so that I can get it done and then get back to my thing. Yeah. Like then, you know, it's real. Yeah. I feel like there's just a couple of reasons that I would, you know, a couple of situations where I would prefer an email. And that's like one, if I need the record of it because chat is ephemeral, yeah. it goes away. Or two, if I, if I absolutely have to see every single one of them. Right. So like, for example, we get every exception that happens in our app goes to our chat. We have a, a bug log, and they all get logged there. And then as part of getting logged there, they get pushed into our chat. And that way we're aware when there's a bunch of errors happening and we can go like, okay, this is going nuts. Something's definitely up and we can jump on that. But I don't feel beholden to read every report of every bug or anything like that. No. You know, they're, they're kind of ephemeral too, right? If one bug comes through and I don't look at it, no big deal. What about customer communication? So, I mean, your customers need to communicate. I don't want my customers direct like my slack all day long i would much rather right. them email me and me just wait till i have a block to go respond to that yeah and i mean for me that's tickets right so we okay. we have tickets built into our app and occasionally we'll get some emails and this is another thing is like we get email notifications of our tickets and of every comment on a ticket and all that stuff because we prefer for them to be never miss any event the problem is until one of our team members is assigned to the ticket, every single one of us gets every single notification on every single ticket. No bueno. Yeah. No joy. And so. <laughs> no bueno. Yeah. It, but at the same time, like w- the alternative is maybe we rotate who gets all the ticket notifications and somebody has to assign all the tickets or something. That's kind of a crappy job too. So mm. it, it, it's kind of a no win situation, I think, with that. Yeah. But you also become like, um, deaf to it at some point right? absolutely like, I, do. I i see all of my emails pop up and it's like oh so and so commented on the pr and it's mm-hmm. on every single comment it's not like you can group them together i just start ignoring anything that's about a pr because there's just so many of them i just mm-hmm. tune them out i'm like well more pr comments and some of them could be legit see then they do have to slack me for it so i i totally do get the with bug logs and things whenever you are getting emails on those they become not important anymore because you just see it so much and so often that yep. you become numb to it when the yeah when the signal to noise ratio is too out of whack then it just all goes in the garbage can yep 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 yeah i, I don't know so i'm i'm a inbox hawk Right. So <laughs> I just sit there. The first thing I do in the morning is just get to the inbox and I will not do open a line of code or do anything until I get to inbox zero, if, if possible. Sometimes, sometimes there's a few things you have to delay, but I'll at least 
fla- I'll flag them mm-hmm. as important and then mark them as, as red and then get to the, the flag things later in the day. But it's like, I still, I don't know. I, I have this need, this need to be able to, to be the first person to answer something. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I am I have, the total opposite. I want to be the first to answer. I want to set the tone, right? I, I don't, wait, I don't wait, want to. I got a question for you, Tim. Have you ever participated in like online forums? Yes. <laughs> Are yes, you the, has. is your personality the one that has to reply to every thread? No, not no. every thread. Not every and thread. Then, I, I mean, if a thread where I may be mentioned <laughs> in or I've commented on before, yes. Hmm. But no, not every thread. Just the thread I'm interested in. That was me. Like when I played World of Warcraft, I joined a guild and we had a guild forum and I Nerd. replied to every thread and I read every reply to every thread. And eventually they were like, okay, we got to make this guy a moderator so he'll shut up. <laughs> nice. Keep him busy. No, it, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I want people, I, particularly if it's customers, right? So I get a lot of customer contact and I want to make sure that they know that whatever it is, is being worked on. So, so sometimes my replies aren't even necessarily informative. It's just, Hey, got it. Appreciate it. Thank you. We're working on it and we'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. But if, if I'm not constantly on it, right, then that's, I, I feel, I feel I'm falling down. How much of that though, do you think is a self-perpetuating problem, right? So you, you <laughs> it sounds like you get a bunch of emails from people and because you are so good about responding quickly, maybe they, you've sort of trained them to expect oh, yeah, that from for you. Sure. Yes, you have. Definitely. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll get lots, I get lots of emails going, appreciate the quick response. And I realize, damn it, I probably responded too quickly. If they're yep. saying they appreciate it, I probably could have waited an hour before I responded, but it's like, I'll get it. And it's like within 30 seconds, I'm responding. Mm. No, no. I get the email. And if multiple people, people are on it, I will hold the email. I'm like, let me just see if someone else wants to take this on. Because if so, I'm going to skip it. I've yeah, got other it's, things it's, to do. I guess maybe I'm just so arrogant. I want to be the first to respond. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like, I don't want anyone else on this email chain to respond because I want to set the tone for this. Yeah. So. I mean, sometimes that's appropriate, right? Sometimes you Absolutely. know best how yeah. this situation should be handled and you should set that tone or whatever. But doesn't have to be everyone. Um, I mean, I guess kind of in my silo, I'm in charge, right? So yeah. w- w- what I'm doing, I'm in charge. I want them to see that the person in charge has acknowledged it. And even if even I'm not saying I'm going to deal with it, I've, I'm telling other people, hey, take care of this. And so I want them to see that. So it, I don't know. It, it, it's a personality flaw. I get it. <laughs> I, I need to work on it. Personality flaw. <laughs> likes email. Yeah. I, I hate email, actually. I really, really hate it mm. so bad. But, but that's yeah. why you try to keep it gone. Like that's why you yeah. keep it out I, of your I get, face. Yeah, that's why. So I want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to your point, Adam, it's like that's why when I get flow, there's some actually there are some days where you know the emails I'm at inbox zero and I'm not getting anything that's relevant in my box, and I get to flow. I'm like, wow, this is great. I should do this more often. So I put my laptop on do not disturb. And then I also put my phone on do not disturb. I'm like, no notifications anywhere. Like I don't mm. want my watch vibrating. I don't want my phone vibrating. The only thing that comes through are the people who I've set as important. And the, those are my kids. <laughs> That's it. Let's just be real. <laughs> my kids come through <laughs> and nobody else. That way I can just focus on what I'm doing. Because when I context switch, neither one of you get good attention at that point. 
Like I'm either halfway into one conversation while I'm thinking about what I really want to be writing, or I am, you know, writing something terrible because I'm also trying to figure out this problem that was just presented to me. So context switching is not good for me. I do not do well with context switching. Hmm. I don't get disturbed by the little dings in Slack. This is this is a pain point that I think a lot of people have that for some reason, however my ear brain system is wired together, <laughs> doesn't seem to affect me. I remember way back in the day when we were using AOL Instant Messenger, there was a setting you could go into. I was on a Windows computer. So it used to be on a Windows computer. If you got a message, then the little bar at the bottom of the screen would start blinking. Yep. Yeah. And there was a setting and you could tell it how many times to blink after yep. you received a new message before it would stop blinking. And I would go in and I'd set mine to a thousand because <gasps> people in the office would be freaking out. They'd be like, dude, do you not see that I messaged you? And I look down and at the bottom of my screen, there's like four different blinking bars. And it's like, I get so tunnel visioned into mm-hmm. the work yeah. that I'm doing that I, I don't even see or hear things a lot of time. And and I've it's because of that, the idea of being interrupted by a chat message is never a pain that I could relate to. I know that there are people on my team who will put Slack into do not disturb mode. And I think it, it mutes all the Me. sounds. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, why? <laughs> but, but I think, I, I think it's literally just because I don't hear the things the way that other people hear them. So the reason why I like doing that is because if you come to message me now, when you start to message me, it says, Hey, she's in do not disturb. Are you sure you mm. want to send this right now? If so, hit send and she'll get it. It'll still pop up. Mm. But are you sure? Otherwise, why don't you just type it and hold it a little while because she's trying to focus on something or send an and, email you know, instead. Yeah. Or yeah, send an email. Do not send me an email. Not. <laughs> I'm going to write a script that sends you an email like every hour. <laughs> I'm just going to Adam is spam. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was probably already true anyway. So The do not disturb is great because then people trying to ask me silly questions know to hold off just a minute. Like, let's wait mm. till after lunch and then ask those questions because you know I'm trying to actually work. And, you know, does that I need work though time. in practice? It does. It does. I, I, I think, think it does because it's, I don't get as much noise. Because so I've been on do not disturb all day long with a, a 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. meeting. And I got tons of messages all day long and no one observes Because, it. Tim, you respond to everyone. I, yeah, I do. It's true. It's your own fault. We're blaming yeah, you right. for this behavior. Man, Carol. Don't blame the victim, Carol. Jeez. Jeez. I'll, I'll tell you. you if I'm in a meeting, If I'm in a meeting and I can't respond, I definitely do feel a pressure to, if I don't respond with a meaningful message, I will often respond to someone and say, I'm in a call. I'll right. get back to you shortly. Yeah, I do that too. You're talking about yeah, like Slack yeah. or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, be- because I do feel like, especially in a remote working environment where you don't have that that sort of, a, you know, the, the, the co-location sense you get in a physical office, mm-hmm. sending a text message into the void and not hearing anything back is it is quite disconcerting in a in a yeah. way that's totally not rational and so i do feel a lot of pressure to just ping back and be like hey i'm busy right now but give me 20 minutes the problem is, yeah. is if i respond now it's gone out in my like it has a red dot on it and i'm not going to remember to go back to it you can mark it as unread in slack yeah you yeah. right click on that or there's i guess dots on the side it's been a while since i've been in slack i'm we're discord now but no You way. can also do, I think, alt. If you do alt and click on a message, I think it marks it as unread. I got to yeah. do this. Okay. Or, I have a Windows keyboard <laughs> on a guys. Mac. Or, or here you go. Take the, the Ben approach and just do shift escape. 
What if shift is mark everything red everywhere oh. in all channels? <laughs> can I can I take the conversation yeah, in a yeah. slightly different direction? Yeah, yeah, sure. Go. Yeah, go for it. One thing that drives me crazy, and and I'm and I'm I don't know if this is crazy or not, but at work we do a lot of these RFCs, these requests for comment, requests for feedback, where it, it becomes this sort of a mob approach to organizing data into a document where someone will outline like, here's the thing I want to do. And here's option A and option B and option C. And then everybody goes and reads it and they leave comments and they leave suggestions and they highlight stuff. And it drives me nuts because do you want to trade jobs? (laughs) (laughs) I'm super jealous. I've tried to do that. And like, I'm the only person on my team that likes that level of communication and everybody else is just like crickets chirping. So it's not that I don't like the communication. What I don't like is the, is the distribution of responsibility for collecting the information. I, what I would prefer, it feels like it gives me a chore. Like, don't give me a chore. I want to help you think through stuff, but I don't want you to give me work to do. Hmm. And almost what I would prefer is instead of us all reading this document asynchronously in our own time, I'd rather us all just jump on a call, Hmm. talk about the thing that we're trying to figure out, and then have the one person who's putting the document together then transcribe or take down the notes that he or she feels is relevant to the conversation. Because it, it, it seems like asynchronous communication, there's so much opportunity for misunderstanding and yeah. subjective interpretation and, and just uh, time-wasting, I think. Mm. I'd almost rather everyone get on a call Let's just bang this thing out quick. And then the one person who needs to know this information has it, and then they can record it in a way that's most meaningful. Yeah. And I could see if you have 20 people that are going to participate in the RFC and, you know, it might get edited over the course of two days. You know, the first person to commu- to, to read it and write on it is going to miss everything that comes after them if they don't go back and check on it all the time. And then also, then it becomes a whole other source of noise in email because now that you've commented on a document, now you get an email for every other person who comments or likes that document. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's funny you bring that up, Ben, because like, so today I'm in a, a meeting. I'm, I was not supposed to be checking email or talking to people. Obviously I was, but from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. <laughs> so something starts off as an email from a customer to go to, to a, a subset of people to basically say, Hey, there's this issue. And then, you know, re- respond to that. And then my, my basic response was, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm in talent reviews all day. I can't deal with this. Well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, but then, then that becomes a, some project manager who basically didn't really seem to fully read the whole email since an email to me and someone else who wasn't on the initial chain. And now they're like, Hey, what's going on with this? And I'm like, I don't know. And then, and then eventually, be, now then it moves. So it moves from email from customer to email internally to now there's Slack messages with again the wrong group of people, but including me, uh, to say, hey, there's this problem with you know these payments. What's going on with this? And so I'm like, all right. When we had a break at, at during this 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. meeting that we had all day long, I'm like, all right, fine. We're doing a we're doing a voice call right now. Everyone, get on this voice call right now. We're talking this out. And just put an end to this nonsense. And that, that's what it took. And that's like, I, that just drives me nuts. Cause sometimes, you know, email is good for one thing, chat's good for another, but sometimes the only thing you can do is get everyone on the exact same time in a synchronous call and solve it in real time. 
And Agreed. what's crazy is after all day long of dealing with this, at the end of the day, we get on one call and we, we solve it in like five minutes. Yep. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. Also, the, the nice thing about getting on a call is things have a, things feel like they have a more definite deadline. Right. When you are driving something with asynchronous communication, you have to give so much latitude for people's time to respond. So you're like, I'm going to, you know, here's Thursday, October 21st. Let's give everyone until October 28th to read this and uh, leave comments. Mm, and you're like, yeah. now I've lost an entire week because mm-hmm. you need to give people time to read this. How about let's schedule a call for everybody tomorrow? And mm-hmm. if people can't make it, like, that sucks for them. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. going to make a decision. Maybe we don't and, need so many people to make this decision then. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, so, so in my example, I, I knew from the beginning seeing the actual, so in my mind, I'm like, all right, I know that really these five people need to be involved in this. The, myself, I'm a fast responder. This lady, she's a very fast responder. I know she'll, but these other three people, these three guys, they're not going to respond at all. Unless you get them in a call, right? I just know that that you you can you can email them, you can Slack them, you can Discord them, you can Teams them. Doesn't matter. They're going to ignore it until you just basically get a hold of them and say, "Listen, you need to get on this call," right? And and, so, and sure enough, once we got it, like I said, once we got those people all in real time, synchronous communication, it finally got solved. We could have spent a week on this had we done it synchronously. I'm not, now. There's some things synchronous is fine, but I mean, certain things like when there's a whole lot of people involved and it's a problem where it's not very well defined, you just guess like, guys, let's just stop it. Let's just get on a call and sort this thing out. It, it won't take long. Yo, I need to go on a quick side rant. Have it. Dead. Go. Oh, I, I, I have I, the authority now to grant things. Don't listen to Adam. <laughs> I totally do. We, we, need, Adam. we need a rant. We need rant music. Yeah. I get the okay. rant grant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I used to be in, I used to be in this, uh, weekly call and they would record the call in zoom, which is great if anyone wants to go and watch it later, but then they would also pick someone on a rotating basis to record meeting notes for the call. <laughs> it made me so angry, so angry. I can't even, I'm like getting angry thinking about it. And I brought it up one time and I'm like, if people can't make the call, why don't they just watch the recording? Yeah. And, and people were like, well, they could watch the recording, but it'd be much faster for them to be able to look at the notes and be able to, you know, search the text for what happened. I'm like, so you're paying me an hour to take notes at my salary? Like, that's uh-huh. ridiculous. That's a terrible waste of time. Because they could be asked to show up. Yeah. Right. Like, well, yeah, you can't make the call. So now I have to make it as convenient as possible for you. Oh my God. It made me so angry. <laughs> well, not just that with our mindset to things, we're not going to just put out our quick jotted down notes. We're going to spend an hour after the call, making them actually legible and making sure someone can do something with it. So it's not an hour of time. It's a couple hours of wow. time. So, and, and, yeah. and I don't know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who can think and type at the same time. So no. if I'm writing down what people are saying, I'm basically not listening to them. Right. It's just like the conduit through which it's flowing into text format. But I've got Same. no idea what people are actually saying. So it's like not only do I waste an hour of my time taking notes, I waste an hour basically not participating in the meeting. You miss it as well. Yeah. Yeah. You guys oh. have heard me say how much I hate like entering in my own Jira tickets, right? Yeah. My solution to this would be I would screenshot the link to said Zoom call and be like, here are your notes. Go listen. 
by Carol Hamilton. Not even copy and paste, just screenshot. Nope, of the link. you get a screenshot of the link. So you have to <laughs> transcribe it, it into yourself. your URL bar. <laughs> yes, I, I hate I hate well, documenting stuff like that. I'll document my code. I'm good with that. I'll write up technical documents. That's fine, but no, not note taking. Generally speaking, how important, if we could be honest, KK, how important do you think technical and historical documentation is? And, and I'm not saying, you know, if you're going to have an open source project and it needs to be documented so people can use it, that's something very different. Totally I mean, different. Like, We're talking the application I like, write, which is yeah. an enterprise system. Docs. Yeah. 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 Like Carol's working on an inbox processing thing mm-hmm. and she decides to go with Google Cloud app and not yeah. Amazon yeah. EC2. And like, let's document the reason that decision was made. How important mm-hmm. is that? Because we do a <clears throat> ton of that documentation at work mm-hmm. and I never so look at I, any of it. I don't look at it. I don't go look at the documentation for why the decision was made. I will look at the documentation for how the process works. So say we're talking about how data is coming into the system, what we do with it, and then how we integrate with another partner. I will read that documentation. I will read process documentation all day long, but I don't care about why it (laughs) became. I don't care about how it started. I don't care about the cost. Like, Just let me know what the process is, and that's where I'm going to go. So I don't document the yeah. other stuff. I can document my process all day long. Yeah. If I feel like there's notes that I need to leave behind for somebody that might be working on this project after me that don't fit in as like code comments, they don't have an obvious place to go, then I'll throw in like a readme.markdown file mm-hmm. in the in that folder or in the root of the repo or whatever. And we do have like a company wiki sort yeah. of things over like things that come up often or like onboarding that's all sort of yeah i i think to carol's point like anything that's about process i feel like that's probably because that has to be kept up to date in order for it to be helpful yeah when people use it and it's not helpful there's a there's an initiative to to keep it up to date but there's there's so much stuff that we document at work that i I, it feels very academic like mm-hmm. let's document this so that in two years from now, if someone, if someone feels like, why didn't we use Postgres instead of MySQL? Right. Then, <laughs> then there's a document somewhere that says, Hey, here's why we decided to use MySQL. But it's a whole document. It's not just like Yo, two it's sentences, it's a, bu- it's a bunch of excuses. That's all it it's, is. It's a whole document and some <laughs> architecture diagram. <laughs> oh man. And, and, and it's it, like, it's really great that people do it. I just. They're I, not beneficial to me. At my job. And maybe it's just my role at work. It's just not that it just right. doesn't deal with that kind of stuff. The the positives there is it saves you from, you know, five or 10 years from now, somebody's going to question that decision. And one possible outcome of questioning that decision is putting in a crap load of time and effort to change the minds and, and you know, implement the other solution that you chose not to do the first time through. and realize too late that they have now wasted their time because of a b and c that are outlined in that document that didn't exist because you didn't write it yeah though i would counterpoint (laughs) with the passage of time i think necessarily changes the absolutely decisions so yes you might document why you decided to go with mysql 5.5 six years ago 
That's not and now valid. someone and now why you're wrong now, not choosing Postgres. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and you know, and now someone might join the company or have a director level position or something and, and want to change databases and their their considerations are possibly significantly different, even though it's the same technology. Right. Because that's a lot of changes, yeah. Yeah, because of advances that have been made or yeah. different database, you know. Tim's always talking about cockroach DB mm-hmm. that, you know, that didn't exist a decade ago and maybe sure. the decision was made. And I don't know much about cockroach DB. That's not an endorsement, but I'm, I'm but just saying be. that <laughs> it, it feels like the historical nature of, of the document in some ways makes it less valuable mm. or not, not that it makes it less valuable. It makes it, there, there, it's almost like there's nothing intrinsically so which, beneficial. What you're saying is, the stuff you're working on is not important enough to end up in history books. So don't write history <laughs> books about it. Maybe. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, no. I, I, no, the way I take it is if I'm reevaluating something in five years, I really shouldn't look at most of the evaluation process from five years ago. I should be looking at what it applies to right now and how it impacts what we're doing today and where we're going. Because what 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 was five years ago is not now, Adam. It's not now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna. I don't know. I think I, I think there's some benefit in con- I think there's some benefit in context, right? It's like they're like, all right, because I mean, constantly developers looking go, why in the world is it doing this way? Well. Because we're arrogant. If, 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 there's an, yeah. if there's an article that says, here's why we chose it, they're like, all right, they can get off that soapbox. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like, you don't argue the past, you argue the what future. Are the now. So, right, uh, which is what I'm saying. You should look I, at now. I, I'm going to disagree, <laughs> but, and I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with the, the caveat that I think that that documentation should exist, but I think it should be limited to like, Two paragraphs of like three yes, or four sentences. Thank you. Yes. Perfect. Yes. I agree. Perfect. Perfect. I agree. Like, I don't we, we had to make a decision. Show. These were our constraints, and this was the reason that we went with the, uh, the solution that we went to. Perfect. Oh I, God, I will get on. Having. Yep. I'll take. I'll take some of that. So going back to your kind of original premise, Adam, you, you, you email sucks. Kind of, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was. It was the flow state versus contextual, right? So yeah, yeah. being, you know, the the benefit of being in a flow state, which you know, developers, you know have gotten into that, you know, the value of just losing track of time and just, just, you it's know, amazing doing, doing the beautiful, the beautiful mind thing. I sort of feel because I'm a developer who has, who basically leads other developers. I feel my job is to protect them so that mm. even though I rarely get into that position when I, and when I do, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, but it's like, I feel my job is to protect the others so that they can, be in that state more, right? So yeah. I'm that. That is really the reason why I am the forefront of blocking the emails, answering quickly, so that my people can be in that position to be best suited to get into that flow state. And that that's what I pride myself on. That they don't have to worry about injects and constant, like you know, interruptions. Requests. Yeah, yeah, right. I, yeah. I want them to be. I want them to be almost to the point where they're like. Should I be doing something else? No, no. You keep doing what you're doing. Stay you know, focused. Keep, keep yeah. Stay on it. Finish mm-hmm. that. Don't worry about it. Anything mm-hmm. else? Don't don't. And because you know you have to have people doing that. Absolutely. That's good management. Would, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's amazing. So then now I appreciate your like approach towards emails a lot better. Yeah, I'm trying to protect the developers. I want the developers to be in the perfect condition where they can just focus on what they're doing and not worry about all the other stuff. 
you know, I'll inform them what's going on afterward. You know, like at the end of the week, we sort of have a debrief and say, all right, here's yeah. what's going on. And they're completely surprised that there was all this noise and churn, yeah. right? All this, you know, all this terrible stuff going on. That's like, don't worry. We handled it. You don't have to worry about it. Here's what you work on next week. So cue the uh, recording of Steve Ballmer going, developers, 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 <laughs> right? developers, developers, sure. developers, 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 developers. I, I think Tim said this on a previous episode, but he was saying, one of you said that good managers manage down and up. Yep. And, and I, I, I'm, so, I'm, I think so, that might've been Carol, but Carol, somebody said it. Yep. Somebody said uh, it. It's, it's, it's so great. great. Whatever we, it is. We I'll, all agree with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I can go in a slightly different direction again, more about communication styles and maybe thinking speeds. One thing that I have been challenged with in the past is that I'm not a super dynamic thinker. It, I'm, I'm like the, I'm like a slow marinating thought person. I, I kind of have to let stuff sit in my head for a little while and, and chew it over. And if I get into a real time conversation with someone who's a very quick thinker, and it's very strong with their feelings and strong with their emotions. I find it very challenging to have a productive conversation because I feel like I'm constantly getting steamrolled and I can't, I, I don't have enough time to, to be able to justify some of my thoughts if I, if I can't think them, think through them deeply enough. And if I have to communicate with someone like that, that is actually a time where I actually will like to do something over Slack. Or over email because mm-hmm. I feel like it gives me the control and I can, and I can control the cadence of the conversation and Absolutely. I can step back and, and, and have time. So there is, there is at least for me at times a sort of survival mechanism mm-hmm. that an asynchronous communication allows me to have. Yeah. I, I, I get that. It's a lot of times when I'm dealing with a superior, I do want to do it in a text version where I'm either email or chat. So I have time to think about what I'm saying to a superior, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, you, you say it o- over the phone or whatever, and you're like, oops, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, it's something about typing it and rereading it, right? And going, yeah. okay, does that make sense? Yeah. Because I'm kind of, I'm the opposite of Ben. I tend to go very fast and I go, hey, okay, here's what it is. Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Tell me what you think right now. And I'm trying to not be pushy, but I'm just very quick. And that's where, mm. you know, most of my team is like, hold on. Give me a second. Let me process everything <laughs> you just said. Let me think about you, what you just said, and I will get right back to you. Okay. So, yeah, I sound a lot smarter in written communication than I do. In yes. Verbal. <laughs> well, it, it, so it's funny. So because of my need to like type things fast and just get information out quickly. So I had, she was my, I was reporting to her, but it's like, you know, we're just, isn't, it's not like, we were, we were having conversations about different issues and I would, I mean, I have terrible spelling. I mean, my, mm. me and Scott Stroh's just are probably you know, the worst spellers <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Scott, love you, buddy. But yeah. So, and then one of our performance reviews, she's like, you know, in your communications on Slack, you, you know, many times you have misspellings and things, you know, grammar. And I'm like, in my mind, when you're talking on Slack, that's like a conversation that's informal. And she's like, no, but you know, we use this for, use this for like, you know, that as a programmer, whatever level you were at the time that you should be, you know, expressing yourself more clearly. I'm like, hmm. but I got the information across. Right. The fact that I spelled <laughs> the word wrong or, you know, didn't have an apostrophe in the right place. I don't really think that. And yeah. No, I didn't that, really, mm. I didn't really get that. So 
That's unrealistic expectations. I think it's such an informal yeah. communication mechanism that yeah, yeah. it's yeah. all gifts and emojis anyway most of the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to take it in one more direction. Let's Apologize. do it. This, this whole the whole communication style is just I've, so much stuff is popping into my head. One thing that has historically really bothered me is when someone calls a meeting. And in the meeting invite, they say, Hey, can you all please read this document before yes. the meeting? Cause I'm like, really? no, thank you. Please don't give me chores. <laughs> and what we've started to do at work is we have a meeting and then on the call, everybody will go off audio and video and we'll take the first 10 to 15 minutes of the call and everybody reads the document that we're about to discuss. And I freaking love that. Yep. Because it means that all my efforts are still time boxed into the scheduled call. I don't have to prepare for it. I don't even have to know what the meeting's about. And, you know, full transparency, half the meetings I go into, I don't know what I'm even going into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all just works out. And I, and I, and I've been loving that approach. It's like sending you a meeting with homework. Yes. Don't right? give me homework. Don't give me homework. <laughs> yeah. I'm a professional. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if this is where it originated, but. For me, that style of meeting, I'm aware of it as like an Amazon style meeting. I think that kind of I I think so. I think you're right. pushed that on them or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it, and that's how we do a lot of our meetings too, and it works really well. Our, ours tends to be like five minutes takes to read. It sounds like you guys write a lot more than we do, just in general, <laughs> <laughs> a lot more words. But and our style, instead of going off of video, we just mute our microphones, and then when you are ready to discuss, you unmute. But the video might be better. That's a little more obvious. We don't do it in that format per se. But if if I've been called into a meeting where someone is attached like a document and and so far really the only the marketing people in our company have done that to us, I will say, can we just take the first you know five ten minutes and you go over the document, and explain it to us? I, I yes. mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to start the meeting, and I will refuse. I would just basically say I'm I'm not going to go. You, Someone will say, did you read the document I sent with the, with the meeting attachment? I'm like, no, I did not. So let we take the first five minutes and we'll go over that. And then that just kind of kicks off the meeting anyway. It's like, don't, don't make me do homework. A hundred percent. And if I can double down on that for a second, one thing that will drive me crazy is, and maybe this is because I only have one monitor. So I have very limited screen real estate. You poor, poor, poor person. Trying to have a bunch of people review a document and have video chat open on the same time drives me nuts. I would much rather have the one person who's driving the meeting share their screen so that we can see exactly where they are in the document and what they're looking at. And they can highlight text or they can, you know, draw annotations, whatever kind of tool you're using. Because otherwise, like, what do you know you're talking about? I mean, yeah, show me what you're talking. I don't know where in the document. I'm sorry. It sounds like we're on the same page, but we're not. Yeah. And I know Adam's got like 12 monitors, but, but I, you know, with me, it's like, I'm either looking at your face or I'm looking at the document. I don't know how to do both. So it's a lot of, all tabbing back and forth to get between the two experiences. I mean, I mean, even if you have multiple documents, like if they could be looking at a section of the document that you're not even looking at, you're like, I have no idea where you're talking about. I and mean, that was today. That was the 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. meeting today. We were like pulling up spreadsheets and looking at talent reviews. And like, unfortunately, they showed us what they were looking at. So we could see what they're looking at. So it's like, okay, good. Otherwise, it'd be like, I don't I have no clue what you're talking about. Oh, man. Are you all ranted out? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea that talking about communication was going to bubble up so many feelings. <laughs> huh. Listen, Your heart ben, matters, Ben. It's, it's all in context, okay? It's all mm-hmm. in context. Mm-hmm. This episode of Working Code was brought to you by Big Email. If it didn't happen in email, it didn't happen. <laughs> and listeners like you, if you like what we're doing here, you might want to consider supporting us on Patreon. And you could do that by going to patreon.com slash pod. For the unfamiliar, Patreon is a way for you to kick in a few dollars a month to support the things you like, and it helps keep the lights on around here. The entry-level tier starts at just $4 a month, and all patrons get our after show and early access to new episodes as soon as they are ready. So they don't have to wait for the new episodes to release on Wednesday. They usually get them Tuesday at 11.58 p.m. because then (laughs) I'm panicking that I didn't get them out earlier. No, significantly earlier. Anyway, where was I? Uh, yes, we have to thank our top patrons, Monty and Peter. Thank you guys so much for your support. Those guys have been helping us out a lot. And if patronizing podcasts isn't your thing, no worries. We appreciate that you listen. If you enjoyed this episode, you should post about it on your social media. Your word of mouth referrals help more than you might think. It would also really help us out if you could leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. So please send us your questions and your show topics on Twitter or Instagram at Working Code Pod, or leave us a message at 512-253-2633. That's 512-253-CODE. Or, 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 or you can join our Discord and share your ideas with us there. As we're recording this, it's only been about a day and a half since we made our Discord public and we've already had a bunch of people join up. So welcome, everybody, and looking forward to meeting more of you guys and gals. And uh, if you didn't know, you can join us at workingcode.dev slash discord. That's how you, where you go to join our discord. By the time that you hear this, it's only a couple of weeks from our one year anniversary. We're coming up on episode 52. So we want to know, what do you guys want us to do for our, our one year episode? Something kind of fun, special. Um, (laughs) No, sorry. I don't have enough time to plan that. We're not going to (laughs) Vegas. But if you've got ideas, we want to hear them. So join us on our discord and let us know there, or you can tweet at us at workingcodepod. Let us know there. I think that's everything. So I guess we'll catch you next week. And until then. Hey guys, your heart matters. Even your inbox is not zero. You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code. I think that getting on a conference call, like with correct audio and video and levels and everything being where you want them, that should be a new game on Squid Game. (laughs) (laughs) I had brought up the, uh, when Swix was on, he had talked about the Rogers curve adoption. Yeah. A little fascinating because I'm, I'm such a laggard on like everything. Okay. I don't know if anyone's different. Maybe it wouldn't be interesting if we're all the same. I think I'm different. I, I, I'm, you seem to be an early adopter. I'm an early adopter. I think. Like, I would like to be an early adopter, but I live in, like, an early majority world. <laughs> not, not world, but, like, I you know, it. I work in an early majority company. I'm no, no, a it's material just, yeah. girl. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Should I bring it home? Bring, bring it, home. it home, Dad. <sighs> All right. Dad bod. Oh, God. You guys are making me cringe so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, leave your shirt on. Mm. <laughs> I, want, I, mean, I want to look to see how many emails I actually have work emails I have <laughs> I have currently in my work inbox 
5,082 oh my God. messages. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Wait, so that's work, 5,082. And yes. my personal email has 29,600. Those are all unread? Yeah. Oh, my God, Ben. I feel like I get 19 emails a day just from the Democratic National <laughs> Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do too. You got to get better at those unsubscribes, Ben. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yep. so Joe Biden is constantly reaching out and pleading. Yes, I am once yes. again reaching out uh-huh. to ask for your support. <laughs> Please help me. Joe Biden. <laughs> that was oh. a terrible Bernie impression. I'm sorry.